feminist friends and welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we watch films and discuss them from an intersectional feminist perspective. Today I am joined by Amon hey. and Gina Hello. and we decided to watch Legally Blonde, which I have not seen for a very long time. This was a film that was released back in 2001 and was directed by a guy called Robert Luketic, who hasn't really done a lot since then. <laughs> I've never heard of him before. I think he did something like another random rom-com that wasn't very good from what I remember. There were two women on the screenplay. In fact, it was only women on the screenplay, Karen McCullough and Kristen Smith. And I don't know if you guys realised that it was a book. I didn't until today when it came up. Yeah, so it was was written by Amanda Brown, the book. And there was a woman on the editing team as well, Anita Brandt-Burgoyne. When was the last time you guys saw this film? Was this a rewatch? Like, in- I think ten years ago. I know I watched it with my flatmates, like when I lived in Nottingham. But yeah, years ago now. Yeah, I used to watch it a lot. Like, I knew it came back to me very quickly as I was watching it. Yeah. In some respects, it's weird. I liked it so much because she's so pink and girly, and the exact opposite of everything I was as a child: <laughs> confident, competent. <laughs> Child Joe was none of those things. Because <laughs> I was looking at it and like at the beginning she had everything that I wanted, like not as a teenager, probably like younger than that, from like eight to like thirteen, all the mm-hmm. like Tiffany bracelets. <laughs> like I wanted all of it. Like I wanted like heels when I was a child and just pink everything. What I aspired to be. Aspired I aspired yeah. to be Elwoods. She yeah. had loads of those pens with the really fluffy tops that I remember everyone having at that time. So I'll, I'll briefly go through the female characters. There are a lot of women in this film, but I'd say the main ones are Elle Woods, who's our protagonist. She decides to go to law school to impress a guy who she's in love with and who she wants to marry, but who has decided she's not sensible enough for mm. someone who wants to be a senator. I mean, I guess that's what the whole film's about. She becomes a lawyer to impress a man, but We'll go more into that in a minute. Vivian Kensington, who's her nemesis in the film. She is the new fiancé of Elle's ex-boyfriend. Paulette, who is Elle's best friend in the film. And then I also wrote down Professor Stromwell, who's one of her lecturers, and Brooke, who is the woman that Elle ends up defending in court. And then in terms of intersectional characters, we have Enrique, the pool boy, (laughs) who's... Not really in it that much. And Enid, who is a gay woman, I think, because mm. she's in a group for, it's like the lesbian and something for something. I can't remember. And there's a black judge. Yeah. Yes, and there's a black judge, which I was really surprised to see because the vast majority of the people in this film are white. Like all of the women are very slim and pretty. Most of them are blonde. Oh my God, that scene at the beginning with the mm. gym when they're walking through like, Delta New House. I just couldn't believe it. I was, they all looked identical. Yeah. Like in the gym scenes, they all just were like tiny. I don't know if it was just me, but I noticed that all the black characters were overweight or bigger. Mm-hmm. Well, from that one mm-hmm. lady in the salon. But like, yeah, all the white characters were mm-hmm. blonde and thin. Like they'd cloned loads of Barbies. Yeah, watching that now, I was like, this is weird. Like they wouldn't all be white. Yeah. Would and even at Harvard, they're all white. Yeah. I think there's one black guy in the first lecture she's in who 
Professor Stromwell's like, would you stake his life on your aunt's being right? And I'm like, don't try and threaten to kill the black man in your class, like the only black guy in your class. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, unfortunately, in terms of the intersectional characters, we really don't have a lot to discuss. And unsurprisingly, it did not pass the intersectional Bechdel test. The female Bechdel test, on the other hand, just constantly passing it. There are so many moments. I do think it took quite a while for it to pass. Longer than it should have. Yeah, I guess maybe longer than it should have. I think I'm thinking of when she's in the lecture and Professor Stromwell's talking about law. That's 20 minutes in, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Of a 90-minute film. That is true. But nice, because can you imagine if it didn't pass it at all? I know. (laughs) It's so horrible. Yeah. Okay, so we've already talked about how in the opening shots all of the women were like skinny, pretty and white. Shall we have a chat about that scene between Warner, Elle's boyfriend so the film opens with all of her sorority sisters delta new delta new (laughs) it opens with all of them signing a card (laughs) i was so confused by that (laughs) they all assumed that this guy was going to propose to l and they wrote a card i don't know why oh because like he'd gone to visit his grandmother and she'd flown in and you wouldn't like you would have posted a really expensive ring like, what, what other conclusion could you possibly have drawn from? <laughs> <laughs> so bizarre. And yeah, they all wrote a card for her being like, they weren't congratulating her, but they were saying something like, good luck on your future or good luck tonight or something. But anyway, so then she goes on a date with Warner and it turns out that he's not... <sighs> it breaks my heart a bit for her because he's like, oh, uh, if I'm going to be a senator, I need to marry a Jackie, not a Marilyn. And she's like, you're saying I'm too blonde for you. <laughs> Um, (laughs) she has so many good lines she does she has some amazing lines in this i mean you're not meant to like warner in the film i don't think that's a spoiler to say that he's not a good guy unsurprisingly because he's breaking up with her and i think he describes it as like a bit of fun yeah he says something like oh we've had fun this summer but it's time for me to get serious and to stop the fun which is horrible but he also says like oh it's not like i have a choice here sweetheart and i just Sweetheart. Sweetheart. Pooh Bear. Um, oh, I, I poo, every time he said Pooh Bear. Ooh, ooh. I think to tightened. <laughs> <laughs> I found that line in particular, though. I was like, you're just a rich white guy who's using... I, the, I mean, you're not meant to feel sorry for him, but when he was like, oh, I have to do this because my family expect things of me because those of my family members are really important. And I was just like, I don't care about your problems. It's not a real problem. You should be able to date who you want. I don't know. I wrote down another rich white boy complaining that his life is hard. <laughs> Next to 100%. Uh, what did you guys think about that scene when she's in the shop and that shop assistant's like, oh, I, I love a dumb blonde with daddy's plastic. It's quite good that it's quite quick to dispel myths about mm. dumb blondes or that you can't like girly things and be smart and stuff like that. Because at the time, this was sort of like, I think in prime of like when girls would pretend to be stupid and stuff like that so it was quite a good scene Mm -hmm. makes you realize that she she's a bit deeper than someone that's just into superficial things yeah she's there's more to her like she's yeah that shop assistant tried to fool her with selling like a sale item for full price and she was like no i know about these clothes you can't do that honey i did realize yesterday uh just before going to bed that this film 
it's a, there is that whole stereotype of women playing dumb or dumbing themselves down to get a guy interested and like that happens in Mean Girls I think in particular she mm. like gets a low score in maths so that you'll teach her but I quite like that this sort of flipped around like instead of mm. her dumbing herself down to get a guy she's making herself smarter yeah. to get a guy and in the end realizing like I'm worth so much more than what this guy thinks I'm worth and I'm not interested in him because mm. he's an idiot <laughs> But I think it's also good that because she's really like blonde and girly and she likes the bikini and, you know, all of that. You don't have to be superficial and, you know, not be clever at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I did like about it, that you could be smart and beautiful and rich and it's fine. Yeah, be mm-hmm. super girly and love pink. I really love that moment where she turns up at Harvard and she's in like a bright pink outfit and she's feeding Bruiser with a little portable <laughs> dog ball thing and everyone is staring at her being like calling her Barbie and she doesn't look at any of them she's not phased by any of them calling her names I love how confident. so funny the favorite bit I wrote down was when she's like introduce yourself she's like this is Brewster I'm Elle we're both Gemini and vegetarians <laughs> do you think that's like almost a bit of like rich girl white privilege mm. that like she doesn't have to She's yeah. never had to like worry about who she is because daddy's rich and so daddy will just make the problem go away. But like she's so confident in herself mm-hmm. um, and she doesn't actually need to change because she's so rich. It doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And yeah. there's a lot of misfits, I think, at Harvard as well, like mm. that she sort of hangs around with. You get the impression that yeah. she's drawn to these people. Yeah, I think there is a certain confidence that comes with money and knowing that you have money that you you don't get if you've just you've come from a family that don't have any money it's like when her dad said like why why are you going to harvard studying is for ugly people yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i wrote down what he said law school is for people who are boring ugly and stupid and you're none of those Doesn't her mum say something like, you and Miss Hawaii and you're going to give that all up? Yeah, yeah, I saw somewhere. Miss Hawaii? (laughs) Oh my God, that video essay she sent to Harvard. Oh my God, the lilo. (laughs) And the bit where that guy like wolf whistles and pinches her bum and she's like, I object. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually so funny. I'm like, I'm surprised. I was really worried that I wasn't going to like it because I used to love it and I mm. like chuckled. I laughed so much during it. I thought it was so good. I really enjoyed it. Lee laughed quite a lot as well. And he'd never seen yeah. it before. This was his first viewing. I was so excited. I don't think films like that anymore. No, they don't. Like a funny, upbeat, 90-minute film. Oh, no. Have you not seen Booksmart? Yes, I have. That is good. I didn't like it. Ah. Oh. <laughs> That's for another podcast. We we should do book smart, you're right. I don't again, maybe I was just I have to be in the right mood sometimes with films and maybe I wasn't. Maybe if I watched it with a glass of wine and some friends, I'd feel I just didn't find it that funny. I'm so sorry. She's not our words. No, I thought it was brilliant in its own right. I need to rewatch it. I I don't know why. Because I know everyone loves it and I'm sure it's me and not the film. <laughs> Going back to that video essay she sent in, I mean, obviously it's a funny scene and it's meant to be funny, but I found it interesting that 
you do see her working really hard in this film. She works, she does a lot of revision and learning to pass the SATs, which she needs to do to get into Harvard or get a certain score to be considered to get into Harvard. So you do see her working really hard to get to where she wants to be. But I think if she hadn't been an attractive white woman, they would not have allowed. Because I was picturing that video if it had been a black woman. And mm. I was just like, they... Because there's that one guy who's like, I'm not sure about this. And the other's like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we haven't had someone who's got a fashion yeah. degree. Pale, male and stale, yeah. they were. <laughs> but it's like the fact that her lecturer then hit on her, didn't he? Mm. So it's all sexual. I think at the end, she's very... Like, I mean, in the second film, when you go to watch it, she's still, like, the same person. But I like, even though I might be skipping forward, sorry, but at the end, when she's doing her speech, it's... I was half expecting her to come out in, like, a pink graduation gown and stuff. Mm. But it was just... It was just her speaking, wasn't it? It's interesting that there's a part in the film where she realises she needs to get serious and start studying a lot more. And she starts wearing more muted clothes i guess mm, it does like, change a lot yeah yeah but having said that then that like scene where she's in the courtroom and she's the one who's now the lawyer she's wearing a bright pink suit so well she does say doesn't she to that guy that she's tried to fit in mm. by wearing the suits and she it's she's trying to be someone that she's not yeah yeah that's probably what she was trying to do yeah that's true i like that she had her glasses to put on to complete her smart mm. look <laughs> yeah. i felt that first when she's getting ready for her first lecture and he's like what is she wearing and i was like her lecture clothes obviously like yeah. she's a smart woman going to her first law lecture this is her law lecture outfit <laughs> <laughs> obviously i do kind of love that she's She's obviously someone who believes in, like, dressing for success, I guess. Yeah. Like, that opening scene where you see her, like, shaving her legs and painting her nails and getting herself ready for the day. Part of me is like, God, that's so much effort. And the other part of me thinks, I kind of wish I could be bothered to put more time Mm. into my appearance. Not because I know I do feel quite confident if I'm wearing a nice outfit and I've got makeup on, but I'm also just too lazy. I can't be asked to do it. Effort. It is a lot of effort. I, yeah, I appreciate watching her do it. It's I used to nice. love doing that, to be fair. Mm. When I was at uni, I used to dress up. I think maybe I did a bit more at uni, but I used to wear makeup every day, and then the last few years, I'm like, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and particularly during lockdown, I'm like, I'm just going to end up rubbing it by accident, forgetting it's there. No one sees me all day, what's the point? Yeah, to be fair, we were saying that this morning, like, the state I look like now, days at work. Yeah. The other day, my sister had to tell me to wash my hair. That's how bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would never do that. Normally, I, for work, I'd always make an effort. Yeah. But... I don't really make an effort either. I've got some hats, suck it on, if I need to wash my hair. Mm. <laughs> Although that only, only works in winter, if I'm like, I'm just going to put a beanie on, and I look oh, fine. I would never go to hair, work with greasy hair that was like, not a thing. I dressed up for work. <laughs> but now I'm like, who cares? I went through all my clothes recently and had to stop myself from throwing away clothes I haven't worn all year because they're all work style yeah. clothes. And I had to be like, no, like you're right. You haven't really worn them this year, but that's because <laughs> you've not been in an office, basically. I had to wear year. work clothes yesterday and I was just like, oh, <sighs> this hurts. Oh. <laughs> One of my favourite lines that Elle says in the film is when she, so she's she's gone to Harvard because she realises that the kind of woman Warner, her ex, wants to marry is a smart lawyer. 
person, mm -hmm. I guess. That very specific niche, smart lawyer lady. And she sees him in the corridor that first day and does that, like, walking past like she doesn't notice him. And then it's like, oh my god, hi, I totally forgot you go here. And then when, <laughs> she, <laughs> when he, she explains, like, oh no, I go here. Like, law, bah. Uh, he's like, you got into Harvard Law. And she responds going, what, like, it's hard? I know, <laughs> Just... I love that. <laughs> Well, like it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on in the film, you found out he only got in yeah. because his dad, like, I guess, gave money to them to be like, just let my son in. Here's some money. I'm important. And he graduated without honours. Even though, because there's a bit later on where she got tricked and's going to that party in a costume and she's talking to him and she mentions this internship one of the lecturers has and he's like oh come on now, I'll be serious you're not smart enough to get that and she's like How, we got into the same school like am I missing something here like we passed the same tests and obviously at that point she doesn't know that he actually didn't pass the same tests mm -hmm. as her but even though he knows he failed <laughs> he's still putting her down and saying oh you're not you're not smart enough to do this but that's just male privilege yeah mm -hmm. Shall we, before we carry on saying more stuff about Elle, shall we talk about Vivian a bit, her nemesis? Because mm -hmm. she's portrayed as the, being the polar opposite of Elle. She's quite frumpy and serious and also really mean. I think Elle's shown in the film as being quite a kind person, whereas, yeah, Vivian, to begin with, is just shown as being quite backstabbing. And mm. also, everyone seems to be obsessed with this engagement ring that Warner has. Uh, and I don't, I mean, I guess that's what women want is just to get married and have babies. It's <laughs> <laughs> not that nice. I just, I it's just, not that big either. It's like old money, isn't it? Mm -hmm. was, it was it his, his grandma's? Yeah, I guess so. And maybe because there's a bit where Vivian says that Al's horrible and her friend's like, oh, you've got the rock. Mm. I was like, is that what's important? Like, shouldn't you love the guy that you're getting married to? <laughs> When Elle says, except when I dress up as a frigid bitch, I try not to look so constipated. I was like, ooh. Burn. No shade. I do really like with Vivian, though, that by the end, well, actually, I think the first kind of olive leaf, olive leaf, olive branch. <laughs> <laughs> the first olives that are offered. The olive oil. The olive oil is passed. Elle compliments Vivian by saying, you look very nice today, Vivian, um, as they're both at this internship. And I think, I don't know whether that like, allows for some kind of breaking down of that barrier for Vivian, but after that, she starts to notice that Warner is not a nice guy. And she bonds mm. with, she bonds with Elle quite a bit. And by the end of she the film... She starts slagging him off to her, doesn't she? Callahan, the, the lecturer. No, she starts, Vivian starts just like telling Elle about the fact that he didn't actually get in and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she has to get coffee a lot for Callahan. Mm. Mm. and she says to Al like oh have you noticed that he never asks mm. Warner to get coffee and oh I felt quite sad for her at that mm. point and I thought it was quite nice that again the film was kind of turning those stereotypes on its head of like women fighting over men and by the end of Definitely, it they both yeah. realised that actually he's not a nice man and we could be really good friends why are we fighting over trash yeah. <laughs> she actually had no reason to not like Elle yeah assumed that she was horrible because of uh, Warner mm, yeah she just had an image in her head of her and I guess also there's that feeling of oh you're my my mm. boyfriend's ex and I've got him now but it, I think it's just this thing that 
society likes to do to manufacture like fighting between women when it doesn't it's not there and it doesn't need to be there no but also women like vivian do exist in the sense of he's meant to be like the future senator Mm. some women do like the power don't they and they position themselves on purpose to be with people like that Mm. and she went to a country club and she probably was born into the whole that whole thing about being a housewife pretty much or like a first lady or Mm. yeah i was going to say i wonder whether she was told like oh like if you do well you could marry a really good senator Mm. (laughs) which is rather than like you could become a senator for some women an education isn't for them to work and like do something with that is it is it a part of this marriage cv building oh my god marriage cv building i hadn't really thought about that but yeah it happens a lot in india does it yeah like with my cousins and stuff they're like oh she's got a ba in nursing but will she ever use it no because it's only to make her better marriage prospects wow yeah so yeah, I, I guess she's the opposite to Elle. Mostly, I guess, just in appearances, because by the end they're reconciled and they're friends. There is that scene where she sees Callahan put his leg on Elle's put his leg on Elle's leg, <laughs> put his hand on Elle's leg, and she just assumes that Elle is therefore sleeping her way to the top, and that's why she got the incident, the induction, and is quite mean to her. I can't remember what she says, but. She does say something to her. Just when I was starting to see, Mm. think that there was more to you than meets the eye or something like that. Yeah. To be fair, most women would have, not most women, but some women would have thought the same, right? They always assume the worst in women. Mm. 100%, yeah. Yeah. And I guess particularly at that time, like a pre-Me Too movement, there would have been a lot of assumption of, well, Ella is wearing, she is a very pretty woman, what would she expect? And... Stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. Shall we talk about Paulette a bit? Oh my God. <laughs> She's so funny. But so, also, so not PC. So some of the things no. like spastic and retard. Yeah. Oh my God, some of these films do not age well. Like that's been one thing that has kind of been like happened quite a lot in anything before. Mm. Even like 2015 mm. is... Mm-hmm. stuff that she's like stretch marks and a fat ass <laughs> <laughs> she's like really slim oh my god and they I tried think... to they tried to pose her as like the curvy one she's yeah. not she's like very slim she's a lot slimmer than i remember her being because i yeah. remember her being like this like sort of like joke like unattractive fat character and she's not i was looking yeah. at her like what she's tiny and she would have been in american pie jennifer coolidge at that point as like the milf sex bomb cougar character so like she's been portrayed as a really sexy woman in other films and now we're expected to believe just because she's in more dowdy ish clothing she's just shy in this mm. film really there's nothing yeah well she's been like she's been in a a, like abusive relationship pretty much mm. isn't she like that guy seemed awful and basically just like gaslit her yeah there's a scene where Elle kind of empowers her I guess to go get her dog back although I think it's fun that when she starts talking she's like yeah he kept my baby I'm not allowed to see him and then she shows Elle a picture of her dog <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was nice that Elle sort of like empowered her to then go and be like yeah I'm taking the dog back and is there to help support her with that because obviously her relationship with that guy wasn't good and her confidence around him was not Mm. high yeah going back to the language she used uh, both times 
when she's like, could I have been any more spastic? And he's going to think I'm a retard or stuff like that. Lee and I both looked at each other and were like, oh. Yeah, you can't see us, but me and Iman just did the same face. <laughs> but, oh. but interestingly, um, I've just been watching the new series of Big Mouth and one of the characters says said something like, oh, I nearly spazzed out or something like that. And I was like, is it not seen as a not great term in America? Like, did, have they not like well I remember when I was at school and I was in year six so how old would I have been in year six 10 11 yeah now that 10. was many years ago and um, <laughs> I remember our teacher telling us off really was, yeah like that was 16 years ago uh, for using the word spastic oh that's good that they were telling you off but not just me the whole class <laughs> <laughs> I was just sorry, but like inappropriate oh, yeah. <laughs> I have told you before <laughs> but that was 16 years ago yeah I was quite shocked I was less shocked with this I was like oh that's unfortunate and not great and but I was really shocked with Big Mouth mm. yeah good for something that came out this year and they're saying spazzed out it's just like that's not okay guys why who allowed that to be written in yeah. to this how did no one go let's just change that for something else i wonder whether we'll look back at things like in 20 years time what films will we watch back and be like oh that language i can't I believe i was saying that i was saying this to my flatmate though i think i already tried to avoid doing it with like crazy and mental and mad and stuff mm. like that but i think in like five or ten years hopefully it will sort of be the same thing that that's something that we won't yeah. say because it's quite disrespectful with its like roots in mental illness i think it's like it is a bit of a slur and I think it's just something that in time we'll realise it's just going to be something that people grow out of I guess mm. that is what happened like those things were never okay to say but just people mm. either didn't really care or I think part of it is maybe because mental health only I guess the last 10 years has it started to be taken seriously and I guess it's been in people's language and they probably aren't thinking about what and I guess the same with saying spazzed out or something like that Anyway, where... Oh, we were talking about Paulette. I do love her, like, the way that she fancied that guy. Both of them are so cute. Oh, my God, he was fit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he walked on and he was like, that guy wouldn't be a UPS guy. <laughs> He's ripped and gorgeous. But yeah. Ripped. But I did like the whole bend and snap thing. Yeah, so yes. good. I remembered that. Bend and snap. Yeah, it's it weird when your mum does it though. Like, yeah, my mum did it. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Have you ever seen this? I was like, never do it in front of me ever again. I can. I feel like my mum's probably done it in front of me as well. So that's the sort of thing she'd do. But yeah, it's weird. She's like, my mum uses this, and she taught it to me. I'm like, mm, I hope well, if I have daughters, that's not what I'm teaching them. Unless I'm like, lol, this is funny. Her mum did think winning the Miss Hawaiian was like the highlight of her life, so <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. But you know what the other thing is? It's just going back to the point you made about her curviness. It was a lot about losing weight, wasn't there? Yeah, there was one of the best like though lines, I think, is when Brooke says oh, that yeah. she got liposuction <laughs> she's like it's not like normal women can get this ass <laughs> it's like that's so true like it's actually quite perceptive that it's someone it's it's basically like what happens now still is you get people on instagram like selling you a lie mm. and really they're all getting plastic surgery it's like very kardashian-esque mm-hmm. nothing's changed yeah and it's interesting that they bring that up and that's her uh, she can't so yeah, really that's her alibi. 
Yeah. So she's like, I can't tell anyone. It's better that I go to prison for murder <laughs> than people know that I've got liposuction. <laughs> it would ruin me. There is a lot about weight loss in there. And I think, I can't remember the name of the guy she ends up getting with at the end of the film. Emmett. Because I think he says something to her like, because I don't trust her because she makes her living out of making women believe that they're fats. And I think Al says Brooke would never call a woman fats. Yeah, but I find it interesting that he's like, I don't know whether she's trustworthy because our whole living is based on women hating themselves. And that's not a great way to be. Yeah, I don't know. Because there are a lot of women who just love doing exercise classes and love teaching them, who just want women to feel empowered, I guess. And mm. I think we're coming now to understand exercises more than it's not like a weight loss thing it's so much more i don't really have anything else to say about paula um other than her inappropriate language i quite enjoy her shyness around men (laughs) that's what i'm like that's literally what i'm like when she's like fine (laughs) (laughs) i know bless her and that l's like is that all you've said no sometimes i say i'm okay (laughs) but i also like that (laughs) She does the bend and snap and breaks his nose. I thought that's quite funny. Because I can see myself <laughs> thinking, yeah, I'm going to be really sexy and drop this pen and pick it up and it will just go calamitously wrong. And... Uh, but I do like the fact that they're friends because you would assume yeah. someone like Elle wouldn't be friends with someone like Paul yeah. Just because of the social, you know, like how her other friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like the fact that they're actually friends. Mm. and I think you see that quite a lot in the film that Al, like Gina was saying earlier sort of befriending misfits there's that really nerdy guy who is trying to chat to some women and they're like we'd never date someone like you and Al then pretends that this guy had given her the best sexual experience of her life (laughs) to make the girls interested in him that made me laugh a lot (laughs) he's like both (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> yeah that because I was like that's super unrealistic I guess but also so sweet that she's like I'm gonna give this guy a leg up because those girls are being mean <laughs> I mean obviously they're allowed to say no I think it's just that they were like we'd never I can't believe yeah, you'd even ask mean about it weren't they they weren't really mean yeah um, and I can picture him really psyching himself up to ask them as well yeah <laughs> the only bit of this film that I don't think has aged too well is how Elle realises that Enrique, Enrique, the poor boy, is gay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that whole scene in the court, that was just... <laughs> the, uh, I don't know, legal terms, the, the, the prosecutor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the prosecutor is questioning Enrique and she holds up like the sparkly, the sparkly thong and it's like, well, can you confirm that this is what Brooke makes you wear to work? And, and initially you think that's obviously just made up. But then Brooke's like, I just like watching him clean the filter. And I was like, wait, so you do make him wear that to work? That's not okay. You're like, I was so just like, I, it's, I, <laughs> you're like speechless. Yeah. I was like, I don't know whether that's, there should be some law against making your staff wear underwear, regardless of what their gender or sex, sexual orientation is. That's just so weird. So why are you making him wear a thong? Let the man just clear your pool out. And <laughs> so bizarre. But yeah, he then 
Elle ends up tapping her shoes because she's waiting to use the water fountain and he turns around and says, don't stamp your little last season Pradas at me, honey. <laughs> and from that, she's like, oh my God, this guy's gay because gay men know designers and straight men don't. You jump through a lot of stereotypes and assumptions to get there, babes. <laughs> yeah, and her sample size as well because she then says to Warner, what type of shoes am I wearing? And he's mm-hmm. like, black ones? She's like, see, proof. <laughs> And I, I turned to me and I was like, I mean, I guess I wonder what the stats are of how many straight men there are working in the fashion industry. I can imagine less than gay men, but that's because gay men have, are, it's not acceptable for a straight man to be into fashion, according to society still. It's getting better, I think. I feel like it's still a stereotype. If you're a fashion designer or you're into clothes, then you must be gay. Is that true, though? I don't think so. I, I like, I just, I'm just, I don't know if that's true. Because I'm just thinking of, like, so you know, like, people like Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger, are they all gay? Okay, um, Ralph is married to, he's married to a lady called Ricky. Things like Queer Eye don't probably help the stereotype. Yeah. They've changed it a bit, though, in the new, hmm. in the new season. Because the, did you used to watch the old, the old... Yeah. That used to be very different. Mm. And then that used to be really like, oh my God, straight men don't have to dress themselves. <laughs> but now it's kind of like they do, it's not queer eye for the straight guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what it was called, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Because I was talking to me about it, I was like, my one sample size man, you don't know anything about fashion. But by the same token, I couldn't tell you what a Prada shoe is. I have no idea. I'm just not into fashion. So really, all she can assume from what he says is he's into fashion. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's it. But it's a bit like, I remember one of my friends saying to me once, um, she was like, oh, yeah, I was with this gay guy. I assumed he was gay because he ordered a Smirnoff Ice and he sounded gay. And I was like, I, you can't assume that from what someone orders to drink or how they're talking. That would be like if someone, like a woman, was like, oh, I'm going to get a pint. And you're like, oh. She must be gay. She's not drinking wine or a cocktail. So <laughs> I was just, it, it's just bizarre. And that's the only thing about this film that I'm like, hmm. But then, like you said, it is in the noughties where these yeah. stereotypes were normal, I suppose. Yeah, more accepted. Because I guess it is interesting how things have changed. Because before, you'd think, I guess jobs are less categorised as male and female now. Because there was always a stereotype of if you're a male hairdresser, then you must be gay. Yeah. And whether or not you had more gay men than straight men in that industry, I don't know. But I suspect even if you did, it was because it was seen as accepted to be there. Mm. I don't know. But hopefully we're breaking down gender binaries more now so that men are allowed to do... Because it's obviously good that women are being allowed to do jobs that were considered male. But I think it's nice that men are also allowed to do... Oh, yeah. It's like... It's like nurses. Everyone always assumes mm. women. And then when you have male nurses, people go, what, well, are you gay? Or is there something wrong with oh you? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's so wrong. That's really sad that people are still saying that. I was trying... Oh, and also, it was weird that at primary school, all of my teachers were women. Mm. Every teacher at my primary school was a woman, which yeah, is weird. Oh, no, we had Mr. Oddie. But then everyone thought he was weird. Is that because he was called Mr. Oddie? <laughs> No, he was really lovely and he played the thing, what do you call it, that thing, the accordion and we used to do maple dance. Oh, we did maple dancing at my school as well, which is what an odd tradition. (laughs) But when I got to secondary school, it it seemed much more evenly matched of male and female um, teachers. 
but yeah shall we briefly talk about how Elle wins the trial because Chutney the daughter <laughs> of the man who's been killed Chutney I know what a name Chutney uh, has had a perm and claimed she got the shower and Elle's like ah uh, I don't think so you wouldn't have done that. You've had all of these plans throughout your life. That's the number one rule. And part of me does kind of love that she she gets to win the case by using her own knowledge and by being who she is and just... Because mm. you know that if Callahan had carried on being the lawyer in that scene, he would never have known, I'm assuming. He'd never have known that and he wouldn't have discovered that Chutney was guilty. Well, also he believed that his own client was guilty. He was not a nice man. Mm-mm. And I also... I really liked that it's so after Elle's been okay interesting question so Callahan touches Elle's leg and clearly like propositions her sexually would you call that sexual harassment or sexual assault harassment I also said harassment do you think if we had gone any further I think if he'd groped her like maybe her breasts or her crotch area I think because he only touches her leg which isn't that's not okay. But because he was in a position of power, I think that makes it worse. Yes. Yeah, it does. I'm, I, I don't think it's okay at all. I'm just... The terminology around, like, harassment and assault, and there must be a legal definition of the two. Anyway, maybe some of our listeners can let us know. If any of you are Elwoods and have a law degree, if you know... if, if there, Because I would be interested to know if there is a legal definition between sexual harassment mm-hmm. and sexual assault and what's the difference is between the two because what he did to her still isn't okay like as you said Gina he's in a position of power and she almost completely quits because of it in fact she says like I'm not doing this anymore all people see when they look at me is blonde hair and big boobs nobody takes me seriously and at that point she's like why am I even trying Mm. Emmett does try and say to her like oh don't listen to him you're amazing but I like that it's Professor Strumwell that is the person who gets her to return. And she says, like, if you're going to let one stupid prick ruin your life, you're not the woman I thought you were. And I like that it was a woman who was saying that to her and getting her to change her mind rather than it being a man. I thought that was nice. Okay, the other line I really liked is after Elle has won her case, Warner comes up to her and is like, I love you, we should be together. And she says to him, if I'm going to be a partner in a law firm by the time I'm 30, I'm going to need a partner who's not a complete bonehead. Boom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Yes, and then she's ashes away. I still think it holds up as a good film. I like that although she's gone to law school to chase a man, she discovers herself at law school and realises that <laughs> she's worth so much more than him and although she gets with that other guy it's kind of like an afterthought it's they just yeah Emmett they just sort of say like in the final scenes like Mm -hmm. oh Emmett and Elle have been dating for two years it's not like it's not a big part of the film really no and also he's a decent guy isn't he because he believed her and Mm -hmm. he he's the one that said actually someone who's like making a fake living Mm. is no good yeah yeah good guy in the end yeah yeah it's a good film it's just very gendered isn't it in the sense of like mm. that's a pink but that's it part of me kind of likes that she got to be super pink and girly mm. and also really Same. smart she develops a lot as a person and mm. it's not all you're right it's not all about her new relationship it's about it's not like she falls yeah they don't make a big deal out of it and it's yeah even though at the beginning it's unfortunate that she basically goes to law school for this other guy Mm. the whole story doesn't end up being about romance yeah i don't think we often get to see characters 
like normally if a character is smart they'll either be like a tough tomboy type character or they'll be more of a I mm. guess frumpy character like I don't think we often see this super girly Barbie girl yeah. who's like oh also I can understand the law which I, I don't yeah. understand it's far beyond me I considered very briefly going into like human rights law and almost as soon as that thought crossed my mind I was like no I don't <laughs> I don't want to it's I can't, it will make my head spin. I can picture it already. Shall we go on to rating the film? Mm-hmm. I think the intersectional bit is going to be much easier to rate because I think it's fair to say it gets a zero out of five. I feel like I'm always a nice one. Maybe zero is a little bit harsh because it was a black judge. Yeah, but... But none of them spoke, yeah. I'd... Yeah, I mean, fine. She doesn't, I'm I sorry, like, what, there was Enid, who was in, but like... They didn't explore her character. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm tempted to say 0.5, yeah. but nah. Nah, okay. I'm fine. I know, I think, in, I tried to look up the actor who plays Enrique, and I couldn't work out. He's, he was born in America, but I can't, I don't know if his parents are Latinx or not. I also think the comment around only gay men, no designers, cancels it out. Yeah, I also think so too. <laughs> The sort of stereotypes. Okay, so a zero for the intersectional. Now the female rating out of five. What do we think? Five. Oh. <laughs> I think it's an inherently feminist film. I think like it's about lots of strong women. It's not just about Elle. It's about the professor. That's like a female professor. Vivian goes on her own journey. We've got Brooke Lady. That's an entrepreneur that didn't murder her husband. Yeah, Paula. Paula goes on her own journey. She fights back to her abusive ex. It's. I just think it's brilliant. But what is unfeminist about it? Right. Let me. <laughs> so I think that you've made some really good points, and they're all fair. But there's a lack of like shape diversity. The focus. Yes. On, like losing weight and being a certain size, and that everyone is perfect and beautiful. I just that's the only bit for me. Like. Maybe a three and a half, four? I think a four's fair. I think a lot of people now keep referring to her as a feminist icon, which I really enjoy. because Yeah, I think she is great. Yeah, and I also think, particularly for 2001, how many women, like particularly for a rom-com, mm. yeah. The other thing I think is really good is that Gina sort of mentioned that the female characters go through growth as characters and I don't think any of the male characters do like Callahan never learns that he's an arsehole neither does Warner and I guess yeah Emmett's just nice throughout and it's the film's obviously not about him so I do think actually that's really cool and quite unique that the only people who are going who are developing as characters and going through a story arc I guess are all the female Mm. characters I think of all's fair so not certified firm fresh (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be so happy that that was taken off. It's still a fan fresh tag. It's definitely, I think, still feminist safe viewing. If not a bit jarring that you're seeing all those women at the beginning and they're all white and skinny and you're like, oh my God, is this a sci-fi film? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, the size diversity definitely holds it back. But still a good film. Mm, no, no it's, it's all about everything that women would be told are too much of Elwood's embraces, which I mm. love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thumbs up from Gina. <laughs> 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 
Um, and I, I do love that she's so confident. Like the only time her confidence wavers is when she's sexually harassed or assaulted by Callahan, which is understandable because. And she's funny. Like it's nice mm. to just have like a female lead that's really funny and. Yeah, and likable as well. I think she's. It's quite rare. I feel like I could go out shopping with her and she'd be nice to me and I'd, I'd get really excited having someone be like, oh my God, this would see your eyes and you'd look beautiful in this outfit. I feel like I'd, <laughs> it would really bring out my girly side and I'd love it. <laughs> I think I'd just reveal too much of myself and my secret passions to go shopping with Elwoods. Okay, so Legally Blonde got a four out of 10, uh, which, you know, isn't too bad. Still a certified safe feminist film so please go watch not femme fresh no not quite fresh enough to be a femme fresh film <laughs> i hate those we're going a thing oh um so, <laughs> particularly given that femme fresh especially because femme fresh isn't feminist yeah it's oh the femme fresh has given me thrush many times and i'm fine for that to be it's, left in and it yeah a psa for any people listening who have vaginas please do not use femfresh only use water clean with water you will get thrush oh, otherwise that's yeah. i'm a joe here psa don't use femfresh i had to have a nurse at an sti clinic tell me that she was like don't use that that's why you've got thrush all the time <laughs> i was like what i thought it was meant to clean me what the fuck I have the deodorant and everything. You're telling me that this is all a scam? I've got the whole, I've got the whole range. <laughs> I've got the wipes, I've got the gels, cleaning. Oh, anyway. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if you have any thoughts on Legally Blonde, then you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Feminism. I would very much enjoy to hear your thoughts. Like, do you think Elle Woods is a feminist icon? Let us know. Thank you very much to Armin and Gina for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks. And thank you also to Sandra for doing the music that you can hear at the start and end of this podcast. And also to Lee for being the producer and editor and also the guy who creates all of the artwork. Basically, he does everything apart from talk on the podcast. (laughs) Thank you very much for that. We'll be back in your ears in two weeks' time where we'll be talking about Wonder Woman and seeing whether or not she is the superhero that women all need. But until then, bye! Bye! Bye!